Hello, Bible Love listeners. We're so glad to be with you today. We are going to start off today with a blessing from Volume 1 of Every Moment Holy. So the Lord be with you. And also with you. O King of joys eternal, today we praise you for small wonders. In them we see your delight. For birds that trill and warple their worship, for the verdant witnesses of wind-blown leaves and of startling sparkling, starlight sparkling, and of sunlit streams and of blooming flowers. We praise you, O King. Your joy is everywhere manifest, even in the smallest things. We praise you, O King, for soft beds and blankets, for stories and songs, for kisses and kindness. Your tenderness is displayed in all things nurturing. Your mercy is manifest in the details of this world, O Lord. Your grace is worked into every corner of creation. Your care is evident in the fabric of all created things, even in the pleasurable and nourishing properties of this day. For this food and for all small wonders, we give thanks and we give praise, O God. Amen. Amen. So we are picking up in uh, Leviticus 11, and we're going to try to get through 16. Um, and if, if if you've been going along with us in Leviticus and you've been reading ahead, you know that uh, it gets a little weird, uh, seemingly. And at forewarning, there may be some moments where uh, we start to laugh because, and part of that is this stuff is, can be uncomfortable to talk about. But the fact that it's in the Bible, the fact that the Jewish people talked about things, particularly uh, Leviticus 15. So just heads up, if we don't talk about it in detail, go read Leviticus 15 and see that this is stuff that's in scripture. It's never read on a Sunday. It's probably never talked about in a youth group, Uh, but it has to do with, with our bodies and natural processes um, and kind of the view of the this the holy and the well I won't say holy and unholy um, clean and unclean um, and how we reclaim things that for a time are unclean and that's kind of the setup for all of this starting in 11 um, and I love that you picked a table blessing because chapter 11 talks about the food that we eat and um, yeah mm-hmm. I'll read through some of it and then we can talk about how it's been interpreted or how it's been reinterpreted um, through the New Testament. But I'll start with uh, 11 and read. Uh, I'll jump around a little bit. But it starts, The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying to them, Speak to the Israel, speak to the people of Israel, saying, From among all the land animals, these are the creatures that you may eat. Any animal that has divided hoofs and is cleft-footed and chews the cud, such you may eat. But among those that chew the cud or have divided hoofs, you shall not eat the following. The camel, for even though it chews its cud, it doesn't have divided hoofs. It is unclean for you. The rock badger, for even though it chews the cud, it does not have divided hoofs. It is unclean for you. The hare, for even though it chews the cud, it does not have divided hoofs and it is unclean for you. The pig, for even though it has divided hoofs and is cleft-footed, it does not chew the cud. It is unclean for you. Of their flesh you shall not eat, and their carcasses you shall not touch. They are unclean for you. These you may eat of all that are in the waters, 
Everything in the waters that has fins and scales, whether in the seas or in the streams, you shall eat. But anything in the seas or streams that does not have fins and scales, you may not eat. Then it goes on. These are the birds. Um, they shall not be eaten. They uh, are an abomination. The eagle, the vulture, the osprey, the buzzard, the kite of any kind, any raven goes on. Any weakened insects you that walk upon all four shall be detestable for you. But among the winged insects that walk on all fours, you may eat those that have joined legs above their feet with which to leap off the ground. Of them you may eat. So it goes through, I think that's, you know, then it goes into touching the carcasses of these animals and all that, but it sets it up where there are these categories. You know, you can, you have the split hooved animals that chew their cud. You have the split hooved animals that don't chew their cud. You have a cat behind me that's breaking things. Then you have animals that chew their cud but don't have split hooves, right? Like the menu here is very um, specific. What's your yeah? So why, we, I mean, why not? Why, why not? Why not shrimp? I mean, why? Why did they have to pick the shrimp? You know, I love shrimp. Yeah. I, so I was reading. Sad, you know. Was, yeah, I was reading. Um, I pulled out one of my old books from seminary. It's the the Old Testament by Michael Coogan. Ooh, kind of you got overview. one of the, you got one of those out. Yeah, I found got my a, old got seminary, a seminary book out. Yeah, pretty soon I'm gonna have to find my old notes. <laughs> but here it talked about kind of the categories that people have used to explain these cleanliness codes in Leviticus, and and one of it is health, right? <laughs> so um, some of these things maybe the people figured out that if you eat these animals, um, you're more likely to get sick. And if you eat these others, and so sometimes, you know, like if you don't treat shellfish the right way, you can get pretty sick. Um, you know, so maybe some of it was that, um, maybe some of it was order, like things that make sense. And so you have fish in the water that have fins and scales. Those are normal, right? That's what fish look like. So those are clean. But then you have things in the water that have like these weird little leg things and shells. They don't have fins and scales like shrimp or like lobster. You know, those things aren't seemingly of the same order. And so maybe some of it was just a, these make more sense than the others. And so that was another. The other was cultural differentiation, right? People of the Jewish culture, they do these things and other cultures do these things. And so these are ways that they could set apart that way. Um, and then the last kind of broad category that, that Coogan talks about is the relationship to um, death. And so things that are bleeding, things that, that have signs that look like death, maybe those are to be avoided. That can also get into the health thing as well. And as he says, and as I kind of agree, like these are all categories that are helpful in thinking about it, but none of them are complete. It's probably in all of the above. But yeah, it seems a little bit arbitrary, particularly in 2021, where like I love a shrimp po' boy more than I like fish. Mm -hmm. And so why is one in right. scripture considered one thing and the other not? Yeah, I think that's well, and why do we pick up on some parts of it and really say this is what the Bible says? And on other parts, we just totally ignore it. Like people eat shrimp and lobster all the time, you know? Um, and that's probably for a deeper conversation as we go on. Um, 
so the rest of 11 is about all the unclean animals, right? Um, and there's some interesting ones, which I kind of would think are unclean anyway. The weasel, the mouse, the lizard, the crocodile, you know, all the things that your boys probably like love chasing around in a yard, um, you know, that, but they're not to be eaten and we don't really eat them now. So maybe that, that was sort of everything being set up for that. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. And that gets into, to the cultural things, right? Like Mm -hmm. there may be a culture out there that eats weasel or something or lizard. But for us, that seems right. Like I'm choking, even thinking about it. (laughs) For us, that seems crazy, but also those animals, right? Those are non-domesticated animals. Like they're wild, they're rodents, they're invasive maybe. And so um, maybe that's some of it, that these are are things that that people viewed as pests in their living arrangements. Like when it talks about the rock badger um, before, just a side note, a side note, when I was in Jerusalem in seminary, a friend and I um, came across this rock badger. They're called a hyrax is another word for it. Uh, when we were um, in the Judean wilderness, you know, you go out into the wilderness and it's all this rocky mm-hmm. desert thing. And the well, I've never been Jesus. to the Holy Land. So I okay. Yeah. So the wilderness is like, there's this place where Jesus supposedly spent the 40 days and everything in the Holy Land is supposedly, but Right. Rock, these rock badgers, these hyrax, they're, there's a real bad population control issue, right? Like they don't want you to feed them. They don't want you because they're invasive. And we found this one that we kind of chased around and we ended up on the side of a cliff that we had to jump down like five feet onto a ledge. It was probably one of the dumber decisions I've made in my life. But but here's this this rodent. Here's Glad this, you didn't break your leg. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Here's this invasive species, but it's in scripture, right? And so folks were dealing with these problems of maybe they were dealing with this problems of, of pests and of animals. And they're trying to categorize this is okay, but this isn't. And you can, it just seems so foreign to us and old fashioned um, to us. And, and maybe right. a lot of Leviticus right. does, but but it's stuff that, you know, right. we said in the last couple of weeks, they were setting up how they were going to live, how they were going to keep each other safe and healthy right. and, and whole. They've got to start doing this. Yeah, totally. I agree. Um, the very end of this um, chapter, so this is verse 46. I mean, God is just really clear. He says, this is the law pertaining to land, animal, and bird, and every living creature that moves through the water and every creature that swarms upon the earth to make a distinction between the unclean and the clean and between the living creature that may be eaten and the living creature that may not be eaten. So that goes like right back to what you were saying. I mean, God was just like making this super clear. No confusion. This is what I want. You know, and again, it was the time then um, setting up house, whatever, but also, you know, they screwed up and he was trying to set something right here and, and make it so, so, so clear. So you want to go into chapter 12? Yeah. You want me to read? <laughs> well, sure. Sure. I'll <laughs> read about childbirth. Um, so the beginning of chapter 12, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the people of Israel saying, 
If a woman conceives and bears a male child, she shall be ceremonially unclean seven days. As of the time of her menstruation, she shall be unclean. On the eighth day, the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised. Her time of blood purification shall be 33 days. She, not, she shall not touch any holy thing or come into the sanctuary until the days of her purification are completed. If she bears a female child, she shall be unclean two weeks as um, in her menstruation. Her time of blood for purification shall be 66 days. Then it goes on when the days of her purification are completed, whether a son or a daughter, she shall bring to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meeting a lamb in its first years of burnt offering. So there's this notion, and it still exists even in some um, traditions of Christianity of the rechurching of women. Um, not, yeah, you know, like in its 40 days after giving birth. Um, mm-hmm. And it's this idea mm-hmm. that, that, and I was reading something and this clean and unclean is not, the unclean isn't ew, yucky. Like women who give birth are, are right. yucky. It's not that. It's uh-huh. taboo is the word that this um, commentary I was using. That there's something different about it. There's something other. There's something happened. Right. And in particular in this idea of childbirth and in menstruation, I say this as a, a guy with all my experience in that, but, but right. The, the shedding of blood, which happens in both of those, right? Like mm-hmm. giving birth is messy. Right. I've, wit- I've witnessed it twice. It's, and in this time, a lot of people died giving birth. Even today, a lot of people died giving birth. Right. And so you stand at this precipice of life and death. Right. Right. And, and so is this a moment of something's happening in that, um, both in the monthly yeah. cycle and in the giving birth that that stands at the edge of life and death. And, and we recognize that and we set apart a time and then the woman comes and presents herself to the priest and is, is welcomed, like wholeheartedly welcomed. It's not like, oh, you've done your penance. Now you can come back. It's thank God you're here. Right. Well, and I wonder sometimes like, is that time period? I mean, I think you're right. Um, is that time period supposed to be sort of sacred for the woman as well so that she can again, bring her best self. And at the end of that chapter, it talks about um, the offerings that need to be brought. We've talked about this before, like the bringing of our best selves. So let's make sure she is comfortable. She's just given birth. You know, she's in a good space. I mean, I've never given birth, but I have a lot of friends that have, and that's not something you get over in one day. So, you know, having um, that time period, I think is maybe it's more about that. Okay. So then we get into leprosy and um, varieties and symptoms and it goes, Alan, it goes on and on and on for like a whole two pages. Um, So this must've been something pretty serious. Um, You know, I wonder if leprosy, was that something people thought was um, contagious? Yes. Right. Maybe not. Yeah, Um, I think so. So maybe thinking about like COVID, you know, like thinking about COVID, um, you know, maybe it was again, like not shaming those people, but trying to protect others from, I don't know. That just kind of went in my head, you know, we're all wearing our masks still now and, and all of that. Yeah. I think part of it is the quarantine component, right? (laughs) They're, you know, flattening the curve of leprosy or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, but there, there is the idea of 
And you get it in people that come to Jesus, right? Who sinned that this man should be born blind? So there is this idea that right. sickness and disease is caused by something, um, not germs, but by yeah. sin. And so is part of this is an opportunity for penance. So there is that component. There's the offerings that you bring when you're he, right when you're healthy again. You go to a priest and you make your case there. But I think it is also for protection. Because here again, like leprosy, you know, it's a disease that causes your skin to like shrivel up and flake and whatever, which to those folks probably look similar to when flesh decomposed after someone died. And so, again, it's this edge of life and death. And how do you deal with something that doesn't fit our categories of a living person isn't supposed to look like someone with leprosy? And so there's something happening here. I don't know. Um, and what can we learn? It's hard. From, to, it's hard to chew on. Yeah, yeah. what can we learn? It's hard to chew today? on, especially because, like, well, when you keep going through it, it's a lot. Also, about like wearing particular clothes and having the hair on your head disheveled, and you know all of that. So we are kind of clearly pointing um, these poor folks out that have this, and so there is this like maybe sense of shame, I'm sure. Um, but then when we, in a hundred years, when we get into the new, um, Testament, Jesus turns all that on its head, you know, and, um, and that's a good thing to, um, for people to maybe realize that he is the reason that um, that is the reason he came to this earth to stop that shaming, to stop that, you know, conversation for the gospels. But, um, it is hard to read some of this. It makes me a little uncomfortable because I never want anyone to feel shameful or hurt or unloved. And, and when you're ha- when you're being told to wear your hair a certain way or your clothes a certain way, you're being picked on, you're being picked out of, of the, the norm. So I do, my, my heart gets a little tender there for those folks. Um, so. Absolutely. I'm sure there was some level it, of shunning. And how, you know, right. and that's our failure. That's maybe not the way God intended it, but we can take things God intends as one way. Oh, yeah. And we can screw it up and turn it into, oh, God, you set this up for our health and our safety and our remembrance. And we can say, oh, no, you got to go away for two weeks because you look gross. Like that's us, right? That's not God. Right. That's exactly. our twisting. Excellent point. And I think that's a lot Excellent of it, right? Point. Here with um, the food, you know, Peter has a lot to say when we get to Acts about clean and unclean foods, right? Jesus has a lot to say about clean and unclean people. And we'll get to that. And and we kind of have a pivot point, you know, looking at the clock, I think we're going to escape. And, you know, 15 talks about, again, it's about sexuality. And I'm trying to say this with a straight face. I mean, it talks about a bodily discharge, which sexual in nature and it's wasted opportunity and all of that. And there's things for that. But then we get to 16, like we will brush through that. And then we get to 16. And I think this Good is job, what we're talking Alan. about. Yeah, thanks. But I think 16 is worth spending some time about, particularly <laughs> because it sits at that pivot between this law and Leviticus yeah. and what Jesus is ultimately going to do, because this is the day of atonement, right? 16 starts, it says, the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron after the death of the two sons of Aaron when they drew near before the Lord and died. If you remember, we talked about that last week. They tried to do something that was not in line with what God set up and they were killed for it. 
Right. So God says, tell right. your brother Aaron not to come just at any time into the sanctuary. Um, for I appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat. Thus shall Aaron come into the holy place with a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He shall put on the holy linen tunic and shall have the linen undergarments next to his body, fasten the linen sash, wear the turban. He shall bathe his body in water and then put them on. He shall take from the congregation of the people of Israel two male goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. So it goes through and it talks about you know, how to get dressed and what to bring for this. And you'll present the bull as a sin offering for himself and make atonement for himself and for his house. He shall slaughter the bull. He shall, then it goes on in 15, he shall slaughter the goat of the sin offering that is for the people and bring its blood inside the curtain and do with its blood as he did with the blood of the bull. Thus he shall make atonement for the sanctuary because of the uncleanliness of the people of Israel and because of their transgressions, all their sins. So he shall do for the tent of meeting, which remains with them in the midst of their uncleanliness. When he has finished atoning for the holy place in the tent of meeting and the altar, he shall present the live goat. Then Aaron shall lay both hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the iniquities of the people of Israel and all their transgressions, all their sins, putting them on the head of the goat and sending it away into the wilderness by means of someone designated for the task. The goat shall bear on itself their iniquities to a barren region and the goat shall be set free in the wilderness. I mean, that's where we get the idea of scapegoat. This is the goat mm -hmm. in which all the sins is laid. And then it's one is killed and then another is set free to run into the, to run away and it's put away. And, you know, when David was on a couple weeks ago, we talked about this moment right here, this scapegoat moment and how, we as Christians see Jesus as the fulfillment of this. Right. Well, and I mean, I also think about like, again, the kindness of God, because he knows we're going to sin. He knows we're going to mess up. And here's like a ritualistic way to take care of that. Um, you know, and maybe we don't need to do that today, but we've talked about this before. Like we have other ways. Um, and I mean, Alan and I are sinners. Everybody, everybody does that every day, right? Like there's no way around that. So here he goes in Leviticus, like putting all these plans together. Here's what I want you to do. Here are the rules. Here's how it goes. But then he ends this particular part with, I know that's going to break. I know that's going to mess up at some point. So I'm going to show you how you can atone for your sins. And it will be gone. It will be forgiven. And you will be loved and embraced in my love. I mean, what what a what a kindness, what a beautiful gift. Absolutely. And the freedom that comes on the other end of that. You know, we we don't sacrifice goats anymore in church. Um, right. and so what but what what have we lost in that? Because that is a ritualistic moment in which people can feel probably feel that right. weight lifted off of them. And may, maybe Maybe that happens in our confession of sins when we kneel and say um, that we're sinful people. And then the priest stands up and pronounces God's absolution of these sins. You know, I've seen it when I've been privileged to hear people's personal confessions. They come in and, and mm -hmm. they're not they don't come to confession to get forgiveness. Right. The forgiveness is pre-existing in Jesus. But you just see burdens lifting off of people. We just need oh, to yeah. share I've had that too. It's we just like need to, something in the happen. 
Yeah, because we have to confess these things. If, Something. Yeah, if we screw up and if we do yeah. things and we just bury it inside, we're going to eat ourselves alive. And so we have, we don't have this goat that we can yeah. send into the wilderness, but we have to find ways to share our burdens and let folks. Well, you know, sometimes I get, I get like, I get, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Sometimes I get like um, mad at myself for like oversharing. And then I have to realize that like that God has put that mechanism within me um, to have trusted friends that I can share that with and that they will love me no matter what. And so maybe that's a good call for this week is because we didn't do it last week, but we've been trying to like where think about the week ahead and what we're going to do is like really think about who those trusted friends are that you can just share your heart with and know that they are not judging you. And you have to take that away from yourself too. Right. And that God is present in it and in the conversation and that you're so loved through that. That's going to be my thing this week. Awesome. I've got a few yeah. of those, but I could always have a few more. Yeah. What about you? And for me, I'm going back to the food. And, you know, I, at various times in my life, I've been better about fasting. <laughs> Are you hungry, Alan? I, no, I'm not. Well, it is getting close to lunchtime. But I fasted during Lent and Advent at various times, some better than others. And, and not as a, I have to do this thing. But as I read this in Leviticus, it we need to be mindful of, of food. We need to be mindful of what we're ingesting, um, both for a health practice, but also as a spiritual practice, right? These people in Leviticus right. just couldn't grab anything out of the lake and eat it. They had to think about it. And same for us. We can't just... We shouldn't yeah. probably just grab anything out of the fridge and eat it. Let's at least be mindful of it. And so it's going to be a reminder to me that even though it's not a fast season in the church, um, we still need to be mindful about food and um, how that's a spiritual practice. I think that's great. Um, are we going to have a guest speaker next week? We are. We are in for a treat next week. Uh, one of my seminary buddies, again, Tell someone I play football with, Greg Milliken, is um, a priest, a dear friend. I just can't get away from this football thing. It's all football. Uh, maybe it's just I everyone can't get away from play football. football. Uh, he and I were also <laughs> the co-marketing chairs for our annual visit weekend. So Greg and I have a lot of connections. Um, but Greg has written a book. Um, about discernment in the Episcopal Church, particularly um, around discernment and um, gay clergy. Um, being, Greg, and being gay. <laughs> Greg, Greg is gay and he's written a book about this. And we're getting into the parts of Leviticus that where these verses are sometimes used as hammers against people. And um, mm -hmm. Greg, Greg thinks about this and has written about this in a very thoughtful, loving way. And we wanted him to come on. Mary Balfour and I are both straight. Um, and we wanted someone to come in and, and help us wrestle with this is in the Bible, but it gets misused probably a lot. And so um, if that's, you know, a little teaser for next week, you can come hear us wrestle and squirm with some more parts of Leviticus that can be a little uncomfortable. 
Yeah, but you know, and I'm so excited about Greg, and I've read his book, and I would recommend it to anyone that is discerning anything. You don't have to be gay to, I'm sure it helps the gay community, but I read it, and it was very helpful to me, and I'm excited about that. But I also, I'm kind of proud of us, Alan. You know, we could have just been like, ooh, this is not the stuff we want to talk about, you know, but... And it's not. I mean, believe me, it's not comfortable, but we decided that we would do it. We decided we would laugh if we needed to. We decided we'd love each other through it. And we did. And we're going to continue to because it is scripture and it is important and it is um, holy and important and something we can't just skip over. And um, so we're going to keep going and we hope y'all will too. Remember that you are loved by us, but more importantly, so loved by God.